today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Give us ears to hear your truth and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw. But God picked that time at that place for that writing, I believe for very important purposes. So in all of this, 66 different books written over a time frame of 1,500 years by 40 different authors who most of them didn't know each other through all kinds of various backgrounds of life. The one thing that we do see within the Word of God from beginning to end is that there is a precious scarlet thread that is woven in and out throughout the whole thing with the message of redemption. No one person wrote the entire Bible. This incredible book, while inspired by God, was written over multiple years by multiple people who lived in many different places. Each part was perfectly orchestrated by God, though, to reveal an ultimate purpose, redemption. The grace Jesus offers through his death on the cross can be read in each book of Scripture and is waiting for you to discover even today. Join Pastor David as he shares an overview of the importance of the Bible and leads you into a deeper study of how Scripture can change your life. Now here's Pastor David in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 with part 2 of his message, The Beginning, The End, The New Beginning. Within the Word of God, God reveals to us eternity past. He speaks about, again, the events and the things within the Trinity that took place. Everything from, man, the the work of the angels to the fall of Satan. We see, again, the Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, their plans and their purposes. He speaks to us of eternity future, that for you and I as believers, what is beyond this time frame within our lives. But then also within his word, he gives us that ever present now. What's going on in our lives right now? Through the word of God, we can understand and we can see, man, these events are not taking him by surprise. And even as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. We look at the world today and we realize, man, this is just humanity that's still going on. This is the same humanity that started out in the garden. This is the same humanity that was there at Noah's time. This is the same humanity at the Tower of Babel. This is the same humanity that, again, we see time and time and time again. God blessing, God calling, and then man rejecting in the midst of it. But you know, through all of that, God has a plan. Through the study of the word of God, we understand that God does have a plan. This thing wasn't just wound up at the beginning and sat down like a child's play toy to wander helter-skelter with no direction or plan or purpose. No, God does have a plan. It's an eternal plan. The first part of that plan, you need to understand, you need to realize, you need to drill it into your brain that the first part of his plan is to bring glory and honor to himself. Bring glory and honor to himself. 
you might think, well, that, that's pretty egocentric. He's God, okay? His plan and his purpose is to bring glory and honor to himself. It's not about you. Sorry to break you up your thought process there, but it's not about you. It is all about him. You've got your Bibles with you because you thought we'd be getting into the Bible sometime. So why don't you open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Ephesians. In the book of Ephesians, Paul lays it right out there very early on in the first chapter. The book of Ephesians chapter one, Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, and I'm gonna skip down to verse three. And he says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's part of that eternity past. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of our will. Is that what it says? The good pleasure of his will, not my will. He called me to himself for his good pleasure. Sometimes I look at that and I think, God, you really made a mess with that. You called me for your good pleasure? How does that work? But he goes on here. According to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of what? Of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. By the way, that's not your wisdom and prudence. That's his wisdom and prudence. He's called you to himself. Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to what? The purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel, what? Of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. For what reason? To the praise of his glory. For his glory. That is the plan of God. That's number one in the plan of God. Let's look what Jesus even speaks about this. Look in the gospel according to Matthew and in chapter six. Matthew chapter six. Jesus wanted to make sure that his followers were on track, that they were getting an understanding of what direction their hearts and their minds ought to go. And so he teaches them how to pray. And what does he say here in 
Matthew chapter 6, we'll start down in verse 9. He says, pray in this manner, or in this manner, therefore pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Holy, righteous is your name. Again, getting our mind and our focus on him. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, where does our focus begin there? Right when we go to our knees, right when we begin to pray, our focus goes to him. Now, beloved, this isn't a rote prayer that we need to pray all the time. What this is, is a model prayer. So in other words, what he's saying, man, when you pray, get your focus right. Get your focus right on the reality of who he is and who we're coming to. Oh, and then he goes on, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then he wraps it all up, brings it right back to him again. For yours is the kingdom, and yours is the power, and yours is the glory forever. Again, the focus being the glory and honor to our God. God has a plan. We need to make sure that we are involved in that plan and that we are following that plan. The second part of that plan that I see and the way that I look at it is that God has a plan to reconcile man to himself. When we start going through the word of God beginning next week, we're gonna start right out in Genesis and we're gonna find out really quick, right after God created us, we messed it up. Right after God said, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and it was good, and then all of a sudden he comes out and says, Adam, where are you? Because man messed it up. The fall comes. But yet the rest of the word of God, this is what's so cool about it. The rest of the word of God from Genesis on through all the way to Revelation then speaks about the redemption. The work that God does to redeem us to himself and then he ends it up with the reality of the reunion. Now coming back that wedding supper of the lamb, that forever being in his presence, all of those things. That is part of God's eternal plan. The third part of his plan is that he's going to accomplish all of this through his son, all of it. And we see pictures of Jesus Christ in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and on and on and on and on we go. All the way through the book of Revelation, we see pictures of Jesus in every way. Why? Because that's God's plan. God's plan is to accomplish our redemption through his son. As a matter of fact, we can look at the word of God and we understand that the Bible, the word of God, is truly his story. His story from beginning to the very end. And that's why I'm excited about being able to do this, this, this study through the word of God in one year from Genesis to Revelation to speak about the beginning, to speak about the end, and to understand that in all of us, he wants to work that new beginning. Another interesting Bible fact here. Did you know that Nanjing, China is the Bible printing capital of the world? They print more Bibles in China than anywhere else in the world. Now, when you pause to think about that, where are they smuggling Bibles into? Into China, into Korea, all of these places. 
but yet it's cheaper to print Bibles in China, but they don't necessarily print them in Chinese. So, I mean, you can get your English Bibles printed over there, but Nanjing, China, the Bible printing capital of the world. What do you know about the Bible? Let's touch on that for just a moment. We know that the the Bible is divided into two different categories. Number one, the Bible is not a book, okay? You understand that. It is a collection of books. That collection divided between Old Testament and New Testament. Altogether, there are 66 books within the Bible. In the Old Testament, we have a total of 39 books. In the New Testament, we have a total of 27 different books. What else might you understand about the Bible to give you kind of a little bit of a foundation? The Bible was actually written over a long period of time, 1,500 years, the Bible was written. Not just by one person, not just by two or three or 12 or even 20. It was actually 40 different authors that penned the various portions of the Bible that you have in front of you. And they come from all walks of life. There were kings, there were peasants, there were philosophers, there were fishermen, there were poets, there were statesmen, there were scholars, there were prisoners in jail that wrote your Bible that you have before you. And that also speaks to the fact that it was written at different times, different places. Sometimes it was written during times of war, sometimes during times of peace, sometimes during wilderness wanderings, sometimes in the midst of dungeons, and sometimes at the ease and the comfort of great palaces. The word of God was written through all of that. We understand and know that it's written on three different continents. It says Asia there, but that's, that's the Middle East and that whole area and that whole realm there. Written in Africa, Egypt down in there, the, again, portion of the continent of Africa, and in Europe, up in that area. So three different continents. And it was written in three different languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. None of it was written in English. Can you imagine? But God picked that time at that place for that writing, I believe, for very important purposes. So in all of this, 66 different books written over a time frame of 1,500 years by 40 different authors who most of them didn't know each other through all kinds of various backgrounds of life. The one thing that we do see within the word of God from beginning to end is that there is a precious scarlet thread that is woven in and out throughout the whole thing with the message of redemption. Another great Bible fact for you. From Elvis to you 2 the King James Bible has inspired the lyrics of more pop and rock songs than any other book. Now that is an oddity. But when you start thinking about it, you start realizing, man, there's a lot of rock guys, particularly at the era that I grew up in, that 60s, 70s, 80s time frame, that, man, they would use little pieces of licks. Some of you, you remember the group, The Birds? To everything, turn, turn, turn. There is a season. Yeah, He's quoting from Solomon right there from uh, Ecclesiastes. A time to every purpose under heaven. And again, multiples and multiples. YouTube as well as Elvis throughout all of it. And you know what? You, you look at that and you understand, man, God had planted in these individuals' lives his word back there. 
And they would use little snippets of it through these different songs. Well, when we look at the Bible, the Bible is divided up into different categories and different kind of literary styles. Different people will list them differently, but in essence, it's primarily these four. History, poetry, instructive, and prophecy. Now, as I said, you can call them different things, look at them different ways, but these four primary, I think, cover pretty much everything within the word of God. These four different literary styles. Now, the first one we see is history. 22 of the 66 books within your Bible can be categorized as history. All the way back from Genesis, all through the messages of the kings, the situation of Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, those, and then we get into the New Testament, the Gospels, as well as the book of Acts. All of those are historical documents. We also call them narratives. There's a lot of dialogue going on. One of the things about in the books of history, there's usually, and I'm going to put this in big quotes, there's usually not a lot of doctrine that is being in those areas. However, we see doctrine being played out in them. It's not an instructive like we'll look at a moment, but it is telling, again, the story of God's redemption, the story of how God called a people, all of that situation, the story, the understanding of Christ's coming, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, all of these things brought together. Now, it's interesting. The Jewish Bible doesn't have them in this order. They're in the Old Testament They have a completely different order than what we have. But when you look at your Bible, I don't care if it's an NIV or a New King James or English Standard Version or a King James, your Old Testament order of books is just exactly this. The first 17 books, the first 17 books of your Bible are those history books. So if you're trying to figure out where is the book of Ezra, You understand? No, he's history. He's telling about going back into the promised land and rebuilding the temple there. He's history. So he is in that first 17. Just an easier way to help you to find it and understand it. And even in the New Testament, the first five books are your history books. It gives an understanding of the background and the basis. Again, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, right there. So then from history... We move and we look at the books of poetry. Now, you and I might look at these books of poetry and say, Job, poetry? That doesn't sound like poetry to me. But really and truly, it is. It's written within a Hebrew style of poetry. And again, all five of the poetry books in the Old Testament in our English Bible are all together. They follow right after the books of history. So Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, right in that order. What about in the New Testament? Do you know what books we have in the New Testament of poetry? We really don't have any. However, you read some of the stuff that Paul writes, and suddenly, man, Paul breaks into these words of praise and declaration. You think, Paul, man, that's beautiful poetry. We sing a lot of that kind of stuff too, even that what Paul has written. Again, bringing glory and honor and, and praise to uh, the, the Lord Most High and on and on he goes. The next one is the books that are instructive. 
21 of the 66. In the Old Testament, do we have any instructive books? Well, yeah, we could look at the book of Leviticus and we could look at the book of Deuteronomy and say, yeah, there's, man, there's a lot of rules and regs in those books. But we really don't look at those as instructive so much for the church. I'm not discounting those things. I'm just saying those aren't really the instructive ones for the church. But the ones for the church, again, are all grouped together. There's 21 of them in the New Testament. And we have Paul's writings and then writings by others like James and Peter and John and Jude. So again, all of Paul's writings are right together. Again, to help in a memory way of finding those books, you can look at them in that way. Then lastly, we have the books of prophecy. 18 of the 66 books in our Bible are prophecy. 17 of them are in the Old Testament. One of them in the New Testament. And you get, again, all the books of prophecy grouped together in the Old Testament. Just throw this out here. You know the difference between a major prophet and a minor prophet? How much they spoke, the number of words, how big the book is. That's it. Not that one is more important than the other. No, Isaiah is the biggest one. More more words, there's more volume in Isaiah by a long shot than there are in the minor prophets. But again, that's that's the reason that they're put in that category of major prophets and minor prophets. And then, of course, the book of Revelation in the New Testament. Okay, here's another Bible fact for you. There's an organization that parachutes copies of the Bible into North Korea. The Bible, by the way, is absolutely banned in North Korea. You could receive a death sentence. You could be executed for having, particularly if you are dispersing the word of God. So what they do is in South Korea, they get these bags with copies of John in them. They seal these bags, fill them with helium, and then let them go when the wind is going right, and they go right over North Korea. Now, North Korea, of course, the guards, they're trying to shoot them down. But uh, when they shoot them down, they drop. And of course, it's against the law to go get one. But that doesn't keep the North Koreans to figure out, man, what is it that they've got there? As a matter of fact, the propaganda of the North Koreans about these bags, that's poison. They're sending poison over here. They're trying to kill you. That bag is laced with stuff that will kill you. But the North, North Koreans say, no, we've got kind of a clue what that is now. And so they go after and get it. Again, just one way. Also, in that whole area, there's a tremendous amount of different radio programs that are broadcasting the gospel message into North Korea. Now, we have a treaty with Mexico. They won't let us broadcast into Mexico. But they are broadcasting in North Korea for the precise purpose of getting the gospel message into North Korea. Now, it's against the law. If you're in North Korea and you dial your dial into that Christian radio station that's proclaiming the message, but that doesn't keep them from doing it. Again, the blessings of being able to break through these barriers, break through these walls with the hope of the gospel. That's all we have time to share today, but we're so glad you've joined us. 
Isn't the Bible a fascinating book to read? There's incredible historical events, crazy scenarios, and a variety of people to keep you intrigued along the way. We hope you'll continue to join us here on The Open Word as Pastor David takes you through the Bible. If what you heard today sparked your interest and you'd like to know more about faith and even who God really is, please contact us. We'd love to talk more with you and share some even more incredible news about your future and the one who can change it, Jesus. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. Again, that's 520-836-9676. If social media is a part of your life, you can connect with us there too. Come like our Facebook page and keep up to date with what's happening at The Open Word and Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. You'll find a link to our website, theopenword.com. Would you like to hear more messages from this series? Here's Pastor David to tell you how. Thanks, Chris. You know, any time you spend in God's Word is valuable. And I'd like to encourage you to do it as often as possible. I know busy schedules can make that hard, but being able to listen to it could just change all that. All of the messages I've shared from the Bible here on The Open Word, they're available to you to listen to online at theopenword.com. Feel free to download them and even share them with anyone you think would benefit. That website again is theopenword.com. Thanks, Pastor David, and thank you for tuning in to The Open Word. Make us more and more.